another edition of the Second and Goal Fantasy Podcast. I'm Calvin, your host, here with your co-host, Chris, the fantasy expert. It's good to be on the show for the second edition. Yeah, and this is a fun time to be a podcaster in general as well, because there's a lot of good sporting events coming up that we will actually be covering. We'll have a March Madness preview soon, have a baseball preview coming out soon, maybe even today, depending on when we decide to record this. So baseball's coming up, obviously, March Madness coming up. NBA, NHL playoffs coming up in about a month. Fantasy offseason has a bunch of new intriguing storylines. Free agency is about to start. So it's a fun time to be talking sports. Yeah, it's it's a really good time to be a podcaster. There's so many interesting topics to talk about. I mean, all the excitement of March Madness accompanied by the NHL playoffs coming up, NBA playoffs. There's a lot of good sports. I mean, it's always a good time to be a podcaster, but like now especially. <clears throat> Excuse me. So we'll have a couple of things to talk about today. We'll talk about our quarterback and tight end way too early 2020 rankings, which we did not talk about last podcast. Those are just running backs and wide receivers. We'll also talk briefly about defenses and kickers and what you should do with those. Although, since that's not that big of a topic, we won't spend too long on that. And then we'll have a brief XFL conversation to close this show about what we think about the new league, what, how the teams are doing, the standings, updates, all that different stuff. So we'll get started. And for quarterback, uh, we've got – Obviously, the consensus number one, Chris, I would think is Lamar Jackson. Yeah, and it, I think just how well he did last season, how many weapons that offense has, you have to have him at number one. I mean, he had a, a historic season last year. He's a dynamic runner and passer, so he's an obvious number one. Yeah, I don't even know. That, that offense, they had Mark Ingram and they had Marquise Brown, so they got had a little bit, but their number two wide receiver was pretty much like Willie Sneed. So Lamar Jackson's doing all this without those weapons. Nonetheless, and then without like a ma- the major weapons that maybe Drew Brees, he doesn't really have a Michael Thomas like Drew Brees has. He doesn't really have a Devontae Adams like Aaron Rodgers has. But nonetheless, I think for quarterbacks in general, don't consider taking one earlier than the third round. Like it's just, there's so many other guys that you can find that are like not known the previous year or picked late. Like you picked Lamar Jackson late. You picked Kyler Murray late. Josh Allen late. Uh, you also picked Jameis Winston late. Jimmy Garoppolo went late. And so all those guys, even Ryan Fitzpatrick sort of broke out. Mm-hmm. And he, was, he wasn't even taken until like, he wasn't drafted in most leagues. Yeah, he was not even drafted. You could just find him literally on the waiver wire. So there's always those guys. Yeah, Ryan Tannehill, I think I said that, but he's, you could also find him on the waiver wire. So there's always guys you can find. And the point differential, there's a huge drop-off for good, like, for example, running backs. So you should prioritize running backs before they're all gone. Meanwhile, you can find quarterbacks that can still be good values in late rounds. Yeah. So I wouldn't consider taking Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. before the third round. Yeah, so the third round is kind of when you start to consider, are you going to be someone that's going for someone like the number one running back or number one quarterback, Lamar Jackson? Or are you going to be someone that waits until even that 10th round to draft someone like Ryan Tannehill or, or someone that's going late, Matt Ryan, who I have at number 12, someone like that that you can find very late in the draft but could still have a good season? Yeah, I agree. I'm always the one who waits on quarterbacks and wide receivers yeah. and tight ends and defenses. kickers. Or not kickers, I actually draft a couple rounds before other people to get a top tier kicker. But we'll talk about that later. Um, I always draft running backs first, though. Like, for mm-hmm. example, in the league last year, I drafted three in the first four rounds. So, um, number two for me is Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes. And I think he can still rebound from last season. And if he's healthy, 
He's the clear number two. He's so dynamic, and his his throw, some of the throws he makes are just unreal. Like Chris, I think you would agree that Mahomes is number two. Yeah, and again, going back to the we- weapons part that he has, he has uh, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey. I think they have a solid offensive line. His running backs are starting to develop. They have a good group of running backs that all kind of work together. They don't have that one, or well, they have Tyree Kill, or they kind of have two stars almost. Yeah, and that only helps his fantasy value. Mm -hmm. I think you could consider maybe taking Mahomes in the fourth round. I would maybe fourth, late fourth, early fifth. I'd say fifth, early fifth for me. Yeah, something around those lines. But those are the two quarterbacks that should go in the top five rounds. Other than that, none of them should. Yeah, no. So on the topic of drafting quarterbacks, I think one thing that you need to pay attention to is kind of how the people in your league are going to play. So if someone's, if people start choosing quarterbacks in the second round, you kind of need to adjust your where you're thinking. So say Lamar Jackson goes into the second round instead of the third round. Maybe you want to, if you were targeting Pat Mahomes, move him up to the fourth round, or you can just watch people in your league kind of take quarterbacks too early. But do not do this yet. Exactly. I would err on the side of the second strategy, just because, especially in leagues where quarterbacks go really quickly, like in our league last year, Mahomes went number three. So sometimes quarterbacks are going so quickly that you would have to do a massive strategy adjust to get one of those elite guys, which just is not worth it because then you're sacrificing value at other positions. So if you're in that league, I would say definitely wait on a quarterback. I was in that last year where Mahomes was taken number three and my, I wound up with Ben Roethlisberger, Mitchell Trubisky and Sam Darnold who all turned out to be awful, unfortunately, or got hurt. Um, but I still managed because I picked up quarterbacks. I started Ryan Tannehill for a while. I picked him up, and it was a nice play, and he kept me afloat during the fantasy season. And so, like, even when you have a horrible quarterback draft, you can still have a serviceable guy. Yeah, so it's – I mean, don't feel like because your quarterback quarterbacks are going fast that you have to choose a quarterback because that – there are so many good running backs. Like, say – Second, if people are choosing quarterbacks as early as second round, then second round running backs and wide receivers are going to start dropping to the third round. And that's where you've got to be looking for those kind of players that are getting left on the board to be picked just because people are taking quarterbacks too early. Yeah. And then if you like, for example, take your running backs early, you can still wind up with a good value at maybe wide receiver. And so let's move on now. And for my number three, I have Russell Wilson. And Russell Wilson's another one of those guys. I don't think Russell Russell Wilson doesn't run as much as he is able to, but he still runs the ball a little bit. And again, he can escape the pocket, make nice throws. He's got Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, two deep threats that are absolutely perfect for that offense. Plus he's got now Greg Olson to go along with Will Disley and Jacob Hollister. So he's got a bunch of threats over the middle that he can throw to. So I really like him. And if they the Seahawks offense starts passing more, I think he could even jump like closer to Mahomes and Jackson. Yeah. But I like him at number three. What about and you, and many people don't realize that the thing with Russell Wilson is that he played an MVP season. It's just not every season you have someone like Lamar Jackson. So if they didn't have Lamar Jackson, I'd say that if Lamar Jackson wasn't there, he definitely put together an MVP type season. Well, and McCaffrey, I think McCaffrey would have won the MVP. Mm, no, no. I ha- I think he should have, though. Running backs often get undervalued. And McCaffrey's, like, the best of his generation. So, I, I-, I don't know. That would have been That's cool. debatable. For another time. Yeah. Or there could have been someone, I guess. But anyways, I have outside. Russell Wilson down at number four. I think there's going to be a little bit of regression there. I, I, okay. I, I mean, just, I, like, I, I it's not. That. It's er, Actually, it's less of Russell Wilson's digression, but it's more of I really like Deshaun Watson next year. I think that if that, that Texans offense – it's not the most 
powerful offense. It's not something that you look at and say, oh, gosh, that's something that we, as a defensive coordinator, we really need to stop. But the Sean Watson is just an amazing player. So he kind of keeps himself afloat in the top three conversation. Yeah, he's just like pretty much another guy who doesn't really have that many weapons, but he still is able to keep himself afloat. He's I mean, he's got the Andre Hopkins. Lamar but... Jackson in a way. Yeah, he's those matchups between Watson versus Mahomes, Watson versus Jackson are always so fun to see. Mm-hmm. But Chris, want to hear who my number four is? You, I might be a little surprised. It's Dak Prescott, mm-hmm. and Dak I'm Prescott. Surprised. I think think he was the number two QB last year. I'm pretty sure he was actually really consistent. And once again, he's going to be undervalued in drafts. So I normally don't take a quarterback early, but I'm hoping that in my league I can get Dak Prescott in like the sixth or maybe seventh round. Maybe sixth round I'd be fine with. Because that's like a decent value on a QB. And that's really where Dak Prescott should be valued. Fifth or sixth. Maybe not fifth, but like probably early sixth round. So if I get him in the sixth round, I'm happy. And like I've st- taken a QB who's elite, but like I didn't have to get carried away and get a bad value on him. Yeah, and if, if you're listening to this, then it it's you're probably listening at the time when the Cowboys still haven't decided much with Amari Cooper and Dak Prescott. And there are a lot of questions in their offense. So – in towards the beginning of the season, we'll know more about what that offense is going to look like. So if you listen into of uh, our pre-draft, our draft preview later, there'll probably be some changes to where he's positioned. But for now, I have him at five, and I like him there. Yeah, our draft preview will be coming in the summer, and so I think we'll also have a. Uh, a- episode after the NFL draft about rookies. So I'm sorry that we're not talking about rookies much now. Or well not not draft preview for NFL draft but for the fantasy football. Yes, draft. for the fantasy draft and then we'll have that uh draft preview draft post coverage NFL draft post coverage after the draft and that's where we'll mainly talk about rookies. But I guess while we're on the topic of quarterbacks, Chris, where do you think Joe Burrow should go next year? That I mean I think we can pretty much say that he's going to land at Cincinnati and it looks like Andy Dalton's not coming back. Yeah. Andy Dalton, there were rumors. I, I don't know. He could have, he's not going to be the starter. Yeah, obviously, It's going to be Joe Burrow from the get go. And uh, I think he kind of fits in around. I think he could be top 12. I think kind of where Kyler Murray was last year, which was like kind of a sleeper. Someone that you picked up late in your draft. Almost like if you had a salt, you kind of picked up two quarterbacks, someone that you could trust to, you know, where they're going to be. And then you pick someone like Kyler Murray, or in this case, Joe Burrow, where they could have a huge season. It just kind of depends on how they adjust to an NFL type. Yeah. But it won't be like where Kyler Murray is this year because Kyler Murray for me is number six. But the thing about these, this year's quarterbacks, six of my top seven guys are two way pass, two, two way players. They're mobile. They can run the ball, but they can also pass. And these rushing yards just pile up in fantasy. As you know, like quarterback passing yards are worth much less than rushing yards and rushing touchdowns. So if you can have a guy like Lamar Jackson, who like runs the ball, that's like a massive boost to your points. Now, mm-hmm. please don't take Lamar Jackson early because I said that. But, and but uh, I have Kyler Murray at eleven. Um, I think that's probably he just has no way to. He low. has no he has no receivers. I mean, well, look what he did last year. He was still like a top. He was a mid level QB one. He's number six for me. I know, but I just don't trust Cliff Kingsbury's offense in the NFL. I feel like it didn't really. You'll see. We'll They're gonna see. get Jerry Judy I mean, or CD with, Lamb. With yeah, with an addition of a receiver like someone that I can trust, he can move definitely be up to that top six spot that you have him at, Calvin. But yeah, I think if they're going to add a receiver, his value only shoots through the roof. And he's uh, another guy. He's not the tallest, obviously, but he can still run and pass. Mm -hmm. So he's number six for me. But Chris, I don't think we talked about your number four. Who's behind Deshaun Watson in your rankings? Uh, Russell Wilson. 
Oh, right. Okay, yeah. And then number five, I have Dak Prescott. All right. So we got the same top five, just in a different order. So who's your number six then, if it's not Kyler Murray? Aaron Rodgers. Oh, no. Uh, I'm debating you on this. It's all name recognition. Name recognition keeps Aaron Rodgers year after year being drafted way too high. And there's always going to be those teams who don't follow fantasy a ton. They'll be like, oh, Aaron Rodgers, seventh round? Such a good deal. But it's really not. He was, I guess he was a top 12 QB last year, but he was super inconsistent. He had a couple of crazy games, and then the rest of them were sort of just meh. So I have him at number 13, and I think he could be around that range, but he's just slowly in decline. And unless they add a number, another receiver, I won't consider moving him up. Well, if I'm correct, at the, towards the beginning of the season, in the first half of the season, he was in the MVP conversation. Really? I, I don't know about I, that. I'm pretty sure he was. And so, what conversation were you in? Packer, <laughs> Packers, Packers, yeah, Packers conversation. Packers roundtable. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure he was like it was kind of uh, Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, and Christian McCaffrey were kind of the four players. And so Aaron Rodgers, he he has the weapons, and with if they draft a receiver and in the draft or something, which I've heard a lot of buzz that there's a good chance that they pick one. And then Aaron Jones continues to play the way that he's been playing, and that offense just continues to grow, which I feel like it has a lot more room to improve with all the weapons that they have. I think Aaron Rodgers could easily be six. But the reason I have Aaron Rodgers down, and I guess he was sort of playing pretty well for NFL purposes last year. He wasn't throwing interceptions, and the Packers were doing well. But the thing is, the reason they were doing well is because they were relying on the run game. And Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones did not get that many carries himself, but Jamal Williams got the remainder. And so they became a very run-oriented offense. And so that limited sort of Aaron Rodgers' passing opportunities. And so he would have some maybe decent games where he'd complete some passes, not throw a pick, and maybe throw one touchdown. But that's not enough for fantasy. And so I think he's just going to stay, and especially because he's not a mobile quarterback like most of the top guys, he's going to have to stay. He's not really going to hit the territory that he once was early in his career. I don't think he'll hit top seven this year for sure. And maybe he won't even hit top 12. But uh, so let's move on. Chris, who have you got at number seven? Drew Brees. All right. And uh, why? Uh, Michael Thomas is really good. That's really kind of... no, no way. I just, yeah, no way. Only the number one receiver probably in fantasy. I mean, I, I guess, guess my why sounded a little hostile, but I have him at number 10. So that's not completely out of my like realm of possibility. So I think he, I don't know if he's going to be able to keep up his insane run of last year and he's just getting another year older. So I think he'll be fine. Maybe a back end QB one around mm-hmm. 10 area. I mean, and, and with all the weapons he has, Alvin Kamara, I, I feel like Alvin Kamara actually had a bad season last year. I mean, it's funny that I'm saying that he had a bad season when he really was still a very solid fantasy running back. But uh, yeah, I, I think, think we that, told that offense story is, last is very, with Alvin Kamara as a good back that you can throw to out in the flat, you have Michael Thomas, you have Ted Ginn Jr., people like Traycon Smith that are kind of, in a different offense, I feel like Traycon Smith and Ted Ginn would have a bigger role, but because of Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. Yeah, Ted Ginn's a good deep threat. We forgot mm-hmm. about him. He's yeah, and off so, the map. I mean, you check off the boxes, deep threat. You kind of have a player that you know will always be open that can catch the balls. The number one receiver in Michael Thomas. And you have someone like Alvin Kamara, which can catch screen passes, get on the flat and catch passes when, like, the pocket gets kind of diminishes. Collapsed, yeah. yeah. And then – and then you have someone like Latavius Murray and uh, Ern- 
Yeah, Latavius and Taysom Hill too. And He's Taysom sort of Hill, another piece and then you of have, offense. uh, I don't know. Never mind. Yeah, he. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The point is they've got those they've got they've there. got enough people that can keep Drew Drew Brees in the top seven combos or in seventh where i have yeah he's just like year after year putting up nice numbers so Mm -hmm. he's he's a solid guy to have good guy to have on your team um number seven for me is josh allen and he's the last of those mobile quarterbacks and josh allen really his rushing ability really did keep him afloat this year and he helped a solid bills team led by their defense to the playoffs so I think his rushing ability keeps him up there. And he's maybe – he's not one of the best – he's not the best quarterback in the league, not even close. He's still mistake-prone. But that doesn't really matter as much in fantasy when you have those that rushing ability. So I still like him at number seven. Yeah, just Calvin, you're not going to like this. I have Josh Allen at number 14. Oh, oh no. Just, oh, it's just – did you see what he did, though? He was he – was I feel like he tier. wasn't that good, though. Like, he was – he was – I feel like he was still almost kind of a waiver wire pickup kind of guy. Some guy that you couldn't trust on a consistent basis. Like someone that I wouldn't trust as a QB one next week. But just, just uh, I'm, like, I'm would not you feel comfortable going into the season with Josh Allen as your starting quarterback? Yes, I would. I would not. That's I would. The difference. No, but like the, just because he wasn't on your team does not mean he was a waiver wire pickup. Like he well, was, did you see what he was doing though with his, he was doing fine. I, I, we're going to look up some stats for this. Yeah, we're going to have, gonna have to, to settle this with some stats because I think I have the stats on my side. Josh Allen was in the QB one tier. I know it. Okay. No, wait, here, here, I'll look it up right now. All right. You know let's, let's do this. Meanwhile, I'll tell you about my number eight, who's Carson Wentz and Carson Wentz is sort of, he oh, can gosh, be a little Calvin. injury prone, but when he's healthy, he's leading a decent Eagles offense. And so his passing ability is pretty good. So that can still keep him afloat enough to like sort of stay in that QB1 tier. And then number nine is Ryan Tannehill. He was pretty consistent. Yeah, I, I like Ryan Tannehill next year. He's going to have some touchdown regression, but I think he'll still be uh, pretty good. He'll be back in. Oh, gosh. Oh, no, Calvin. Josh Allen was QB7 last year. <laughs> what did I say? Oh, no. And while okay. we're at it, how about we look up – who was the other guy you were like? Oh, oh, Aaron Rodgers, yes. I think Aaron Rodgers is eight or nine or something. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I guess – Maybe I, I need to move Josh Allen up and you need to move Aaron Rodgers up. I don't need to move Aaron Rodgers up. All because right. the thing is, the guys I have ahead of him – except maybe I'll move him up to 12. Maybe I'll move him up ahead of Kirk Cousins. Yeah, he was QB 11. nine. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Maybe I'll move him ahead of Kirk Cousins at 11. But I have Jameis Winston at 12, and Jameis Winston was pretty good. Yeah, so I have Jameis Winston at 8, which, um, I mean, that's not too big of a difference. I, I think that's actually – I'm fine with that. I'm okay uh, yeah, with Mike that. Evans and Chris Godwin. And then that, that I like Bruce Arians' offense, and I think Jameis Winston will kind of learn from his mistakes last year and get better about the whole picks. And if he didn't have so many interceptions – I think he would have been a much better quarterback last year. Yeah, we talked about this last time in the free agent podcast. That's why it sounded so familiar. But, like, if he's the, we know he's the starter, he goes higher. But Bruce Arians could just decide that he's not going to start anymore. Yeah, and then at nine, I have Kirk Cousins, which I think that – I think Kirk Cousins is very underrated going, in, going into next year. I mean, last year he was so underrated. Everyone thought he was kind of not – he was just kind of a – He was bad for a while, and then he, he sort bad, of reemerged. And then he really – picked up the picked up like his play and that offense really Dalvin Cook is just an amazing player and I really he's just 
he has a good arm. He's accurate. Like, I mean, back when he was on the Redskins, you could see the potential. I think now it's kind of he's kind of gonna live up to that next season. Yeah, I think he could. He it's the offense. His offensive style will just keep him afloat. And so, I guess I'm, I know I'm sort of putting you on the spot here, Chris, but I think we should probably move on from quarterbacks soon. So I'll just give you one main guy who you think is gonna break out in the quarterback in quarterbacks in 2020. It could be someone you already mentioned. Just anybody in your rankings. Let's see. Mm-hmm-hmm. Maybe Aaron um, Rodgers. I guess he sort of already has. I think I'm going to end up moving Aaron Rodgers down a little. I'm going to say James Winston. Yeah, I think he's he's been he has been good. Like he was good despite the interceptions. The potential's there. That's what I love. Yes, the potential is there. And so my breakout. This is kind of tough. I don't really know if there's an especially especially a breakout. Josh Allen. I'll say. Yeah, I guess Dak already broke out, so I'll say Josh Allen. Just because maybe he, he eliminates the interceptions a little bit and goes a little higher. I think another one, Gardner Minshew might be a guy who creeps into mid-level, a solid backup. Ryan Fitzpatrick was sort of undervalued last year, too. Although we, he's not going to have a starting job for the entire season, so that sort of negates that. Um, because the Dolphins are likely to get two, I think. And so now let's move on to tight ends. And so, and so for, for tight, tight end, end uh, number one, Chris, and this is a big question. I think RB, clearly Christian McCaffrey is the number one. Quarterback Lamar Jackson is clearly the number one. And wide receiver Michael Thomas is obviously the number one. But tight end, there's a real competition. Mm-hmm. So I'll ask you this. For number one, Travis Kelsey or George Kittle? I'm going to take Travis Kelsey just because of – just His mainly life. due to the quarterback play. And the Chiefs offense is much more let it fly kind of. I feel like the 49ers is run first, and Kittle is set is a lot of a blocker too. So I think a lot of times he's going to line up as a blocker, and that's kind of kind of take away from his pass catching a little. Yeah, I think, and he's not part of a very pass pro- passing prolific offense, and he's not going to score that many touchdowns each year. Meanwhile, Kelsey still is. So I think there's one more year of Kelsey being firmly ahead of Kittle, and then mm-hmm. with his age, maybe they sort of switch. Depending. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Then, and so I think number three is your number three, Mark Andrews, also Chris. Yep. All right, so – and uh, number four is Evan Ingram for me. Who do you yeah, have? Yeah, uh, I like Evan Ingram at number four. I think that's a – Okay. Odd. Um, and number five, I had Zach Ertz. Yeah, that, that I agree with. So I, I think I fully agree with your top five, actually. All right, sounds good. Um, number six would be – and I guess, yeah, you haven't finished your tight end ranking. Yeah, but I, I think I have a good idea of who I like. I don't have it exactly down, but – yeah, when we were actually practicing our podcast, we were doing a little rankings talk. It was a practice podcast that's not actually posted. And Chris was – we found that Chris had had, like, my same top ten tight ends until we yeah. realized that he was looking at my rankings. Yeah, so we were, like, going down the list. For, I'm like – he's like, Travis Kelsey one. I was like, Travis Kelsey one. George Kittle two. George Kittle two. So on. And then it's like, Jared Cook nine. Jared Cook nine. And we had exactly the same. Yeah, and, I'm was- all, and then we're all the way down to number 12. And I'm like, wait, this is getting kind of suspicious. And I scroll up and I see – Calvin's rankings. Then I realized, oh yeah, I haven't finished my tight end ranking. Yeah, exactly. It, you, were, you were just looking at the same. And so I was kind of afraid. You're like, we have the same top five, Calvin. I was like, uh, are you doing that again? No, yeah. Uh, I, I, I'd agree with your top five. I think, and I guess Mark Andrews is just part of that such, such a prolific offense. So he'll always have a chance to get at least a little production. And maybe his production isn't the most astounding, but like at tight end, besides the top tier elite guys, there's not going to be much astounding mm-hmm. production. And 5 through 12, it's very muddled going into next year. I mean, there's – you know, I don't really know what to expect. Like, it could be anywhere from someone like Mike Jasicki with 
Guess like who can. who's ended the season very strong. Like he was getting a lot of touchdowns, could move up to number six, and someone like Austin Hooper on his new team could move down to like almost number fifteen. You know? Yeah, because he wasn't really doing that well at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. So it's it's very I I that's why I was. That's why I haven't finished my tight end rankings because I'm still kind of stuck on what that whole group of players is going to yeah, be it's like. it's kind of tough. And number four, I think Evan Ingram, if he stays healthy, he's a good pick. Yeah, um, I, I like Evan Ingram. It, it, yeah, the main thing for him is staying healthy. And I like I like Daniel Jones going into the next season. And then, of course, they have Saquon. So I think he's he fits really well in that offense. So And I think towards – the beginning of the season when Evan Ingram wasn't dealing with all this high ankle sprain and stuff, he was really he was Daniel really Jones was really looking to him in the red zone and just everywhere. Kind the of. one thing I was afraid of is that a lot of his catches were in short to intermediate games, games, mm-hmm. and so he got a lot of receptions that sort of made up for that. But a lot of his catches weren't really like that deep, so he didn't really catch that many deep balls. So if his target share decreases, that could be end up being an issue. But I think mm-hmm. he can still be number four and number five. Zachert sort of dropped off a little, but he's still a pretty consistent top five tight end, I would say. And then number six. And number six, this is pretty hard. Because Darren Waller, I feel like, is going to be a bit overvalued in non-PPR drafts, which is obviously what we cover, as I said last episode. So I think coming into 2020, he sort of is the guy who doesn't really score touchdowns, but he gets a ton of receptions each game. And that's going to keep his value afloat in PPR. And in PPR, I could see making him a top five tight end. But in non-PPR, it's sort of like, you all, yeah, you got those yards. And he does catch a few deep balls. But, like, where are the touchdowns? And he keeps getting games like four, seven, nine, six, seven. And then he had that one game, a couple games where he got like 23 because his four touchdowns were like two games. And the other reason he's tough to predict is because you don't really know the quarterback situation in Oakland. I mean, if someone like Tom Brady comes, I think I might put Darren Waller ahead of like someone like uh, Zach Ertz because just because. Oh, be really nice, yeah. I mean, like, you think. You can kind of relate someone like Darren Waller to Gronk almost. Like, yeah, in a way, Brady he could be a big target for Brady, someone that Brady can look to whenever he needs to, like just a big guy, and he can catch a lot of passes. Yeah, and I think that wouldn't be much of a difference for when Derek Carr is just force-feeding him the ball versus Tom Brady, and Tom Brady realizes that he, he, like, he knows what the tight end can do. So number seven, Hunter Henry, and he's more of an injury risk, but he's pretty consistent when he's on the field. And then I think Chris already talked about Austin Hooper, who's my number eight. He's sort of, if he can, it's whether you're trusting his early season production or his late season production. And he, number eight is sort of right in the middle because early season, he was like the number one tight end. But yeah, once season, I finish my rankings, I think I'm probably going to have him at number seven ahead of Hunter Henry. I, I think you can kind of rely a little bit more on that early season production because I just felt like that, that Falcons team, they kind of just, their offense kind of collapsed towards the end, I feel like. Yeah, and since, I guess since he's going to another team, I can sort of see him some, getting some of his old magic. But people were waiting for years for this breakout to happen, and now it finally has. And I think he's still pretty young. 26, maybe. I don't know. Number nine is Jared Cook. And Jared Cook was pretty consistent as well. But I think that's the, um, the not guy I really want to talk about is at number 10, Tyler Higby. And Tyler Higby, I feel like we – I don't, I don't know if I touched on this last episode, but he's sort of a guy who if you – he's a good value, and he doesn't cost that much to you. So if you can get him in late rounds, he could have his – he could retain some of his magic from late last year in which he sort of broke out. Mm-hmm. So he could retain that. And, and he was – towards the end of the season, he was having almost 10 receptions a game. So obviously he should be 
top eight at least in PPR leagues, but in non-PPR, it's he's not as good just because of the sheer like number of receptions he was getting. And obviously, non-PPR is no points per reception. Yeah, and because of the small sample size and because Jared Everett, Gerald Everett's still there, at least, I guess, for probably one more year, um, he still will um, he still will be undervalued in some drafts. But especially in non-PPR, I might look to get Tyler Higby as my tight end. Okay, and then... Uh, I guess let's wrap up the top 12, and then maybe we'll give a quick, mm-hmm. quick breakout. Um, 11 is Dallas Goddard, and he sort of... He took in the... He took some of Zach Ertz's role, and he was a he might be a little bit undervalued too because he might seem like sort of the backup to Zach Ertz, except that he was getting a lot of targets and receptions and enough to be a back end tight end. More. Yeah, but I don't honestly. I think I'm gonna have da- Dallas Goddard more in like the 14 range because I I don't think I'd feel comfortable having someone that I isn't even a starting tight end as my tight end one, and I feel like there's so many more options as at the tight end spot like. Okay, who would you have more at, like, a number 11 range? Uh, Probably maybe someone like David Njoku or Mike Jasicki or someone like that. Like, okay, I can see that. I have those guys that, at 13 and 15. that has performed before, and then I – and that, like, you can – I can see them more as a tight end one as someone that has a bigger role in the offense as someone I'd trust as a – Yeah, I can see that. But I think Dallas Goddard can But still... definitely Dallas Goddard is a good option at – uh. As a backup tight end, I think I take him as more of a backup. But if you if you really like him, there's a good there's a chance that he could almost take over the role of Zach Ertz, depending on how well Zach Ertz plays, because that's what kind of almost what we start started to see last season. Because Zach Ertz really dropped off, and Dallas Goddard kind of made up for it. So yeah, and Dallas Goddard sort of like he could because of those reasons you said he could be a little bit undervalued in drafts. Mm-hmm. So you could still get him at a good value anyway. And to wrap up the top 12, I have TJ Hawkinson who was sort of a top tier tight end two last season. And I think he could still step up a little bit with Matthew Stafford back for a full season. He'll just stay in that back end tight end one range. For yeah. Me. And Unless again, someone like David Njoku or Noah Fant completely breaks out this year. Yeah. And I still like someone like David Njoku or Mike Jasicki ahead of him just because I, I, one of the players I really like going into next season, and he'll probably he might be my boom candidate is Mike Jasicki just because of how well he did in the se- in the end of the season. I know it's a small sample size, but I just feel like I kind of had him on my team, and I there were some good patterns that I was noticing that caused me to like put him in my lineup, and sometimes it paid off, sometimes it didn't. That's the problem with someone that hasn't played much. Yeah, if he keeps up his production, I think he's a back end tight end one, but he wasn't off the charts. Mike Mike Jasicki wasn't, but like he was sort of still he was on the radar of fantasy players and, and he was he picked be, up he could be kind of like almost not not necessarily he could be kind of like a jared cook type player like someone who's just there mm-hmm. he's there and he can catch balls and like he he doesn't have the greatest quarterback but he's he's just a solid all-around player yeah and i i can definitely see that as well so i think we go to my breakout would be number 16 ian thomas and Ian Thomas is sort of, well, with Greg Olson leaving, he takes a new share of that offense. And I think he's sort of a guy that maybe won't be the best. He's not going to rise to the elite tier because he's had time that he's performed without Greg Olson. And he hasn't been absolutely the best, but he could rise to the back end, tight end one range. And I have him at number 16 right now, but I could see him going all the way up to maybe even number 11 or 10. So he's sort of a guy that you can find maybe for pretty cheap in drafts. Yeah, did he have a solid season last season? Do you know? Oh uh, well, Greg Olson was there, so he did. Yeah, but that's why I don't. I mean, I think he'll just kind of sit around that sixteen range. I don't. 
He's never really had a huge NFL role, so yeah, I don't. We'll see him. how he. Addresses. I think I had him in a league a couple of years ago, but I don't love his production. Like when Greg Olson was out, mm-hmm. but so let's go to defenses. And my number one thing is just please don't draft a defense early. Oh yeah, they're please. so unpredictable. Look at like, this: San Francisco 49ers, Pittsburgh Steelers, New England Patriots are like the top three defenses. In all three of them, you could have found on the waiver wire pretty much. Like maybe the Patriots were drafted in some leagues, but some leagues you could find all three of them on the waiver wire. Yeah, and defense is a spot that you're looking – you say, okay, I've picked all my position players. I've picked my kicker. I've picked my two quarterbacks. I have all my backups. And then you say, okay, this is the last two two rounds, maybe even just the last round. You say, okay, I'm just going to pick up a defense here. And then we'll – and then think, okay, I'm – and then say, I'm just going to stream some defenses off the waiver wire, look for defenses that are end up doing really well, try and get them off the waiver wire. And just play it by week, sort of. Yeah, and don't make sure that not all the defenses go too early, but like don't take them like maybe outside of the last two rounds. Mm-hmm. Maybe even like maybe last three rounds would be okay. But like I think just well, my strategy would be to pick a mid-level defense that has a really good matchup for week one that you're pretty confident in to get you a good score, and from then on just stream a defense. And maybe you can keep that defense if you like them again. Maybe they have a good matchup for week two, and then suddenly oh, there's this defense that got 15 two weeks straight against decent offenses. So now you pick them up and they do well and maybe they're your defense for the rest of the season or maybe you find someone else that you like later. Yeah, and honestly, defense is less of of like how or well it's it's I'd say it's 50-50 between how good the offense is and like how actually solid the defense is because you have someone like the 49ers who were actually shutting down some of the best offenses, but then they play like I think they gave up a lot did when the 49ers played the Ravens did they Oh, uh, they held their own. They got like five, I think. They're, so yeah, they, but they're, so, they're that good. So that's an example of a solid defense like the 49ers. But then someone like uh, – didn't the Patriots – the Patriots who were so good gave, had like very – I think they had negative points against the Ravens. So it kind of depends on the offense. Too. Well, the Patriots had a really soft schedule, and that's why I have them at my number mm-hmm. three defense. San Francisco for me is number one, followed by Pittsburgh, New England, Buffalo, and Los Angeles. And I think that's the top tier of defenses. Maybe San Francisco and Pittsburgh are probably in a tier of their own, as well as New England, with New England, and then Buffalo and Los Angeles next year for me. So, but you don't really have to worry about defenses too much. I just mm-hmm. think that, like, but those big three if, are the ones that, if they drop to maybe the last three rounds, you could consider taking them. And free agency, is really, free agency is really important when you're looking at defenses because you want to see the entire defense as a whole. You can't be focusing say, the Rams have Aaron Donald, so I should choose the Rams. It's, it's, it's a whole team kind of thing. Yeah, and it's like there is still the draft to come up to. The Bills really beefed up their defense in the draft last year, and I think there's guys like Isaiah Simmons, like who's a really – Those are game changers that can really boost a defense. Yeah, he's maybe a little undervalued coming into this draft. But for now let's go to kickers. And for kickers, I would say actually – Draft a kicker like kind of early, not too early. I think I drafted my kicker last year in like the 13th out of 16th round, 16 rounds, maybe something like 13. And I would target one of the big three, Harrison Butker, Justin Tucker, Will Lutz, in that order. I, I'd put Greg Zerline into that. I'd put him at top four just because you saw what he did two years ago. I mean, I had him on my team. He was consistently putting up like 15 points, and it that that can play a huge role in the score of your fantasy games. Like, yeah, I, and I don't realize the impact that kickers can have. But the thing is, like, once you get out of that top four, it seems like they're all kind of around the same. I mean, it's possible he returns to that production of before, but I think he's sort of like he was the offense sort of regressed last year, and maybe they can take a step bounce forward, but. 
I don't know. Is it stupid to consider that he got hurt and so he has injury risk for a kicker? Yes. Okay. I, th- I, I think that was pretty stupid. I'll move him up to number four ahead of Matt Gay, who was pretty good. And as long as James Winston stays there, as long as they keep putting up high scores and losing 48 to 45 every single game, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll take Matt Gay any day. But I want the, one of those top three because those are the guys who I feel most confident in. And because the reason you can take a kicker early is because you can – the offenses don't change a ton. And if they do, it's predictable. Like, say if the Chiefs lost Mahomes and Tyreek Hill, they wouldn't be as good. But, like, that's predictable. Like, and so you can predict Harrison Butker's value go down a little bit. Yeah, if you think about crazy offenses, I mean, Lamar Jackson, I think the crazy part – about the Ravens offense and how they were so good is because of Lamar Jackson. But if we had known Lamar Jackson was going to be so good, you know, then we know the Ravens offense was going to be so good. And then you have someone like, I don't know, like Joey Sly in that Panthers offense. And I don't think that Panthers offense is going to be anything good. And he might be an insane kicker, but I just don't like, Insane kicker. I like that. Yeah, an insane kicker. Oh my gosh. This the, guy's like the best so of good. the best kickers. Yeah, well, Justin Tucker really is an insane kicker. He's the best kicker in the league by far, but I don't think his fantasy production was top tier. It wasn't quite as good as Harrison Butker's, so, but I'll still take him. I'm going to be targeting one of those three guys, and Will Lutz is still in a high scoring, high, very prolific offense. So, anything else you want to add? Any breakout kickers that you have? Oh, breakout kickers. I mean, well, <laughs> uh, if you don't have one, it's fine. Because I, I think this is either – I think he has a chance to break out. It's going to be Zane Gonzalez because it kind of depends on where that Cardinals offense goes, how well Kyler Murray does. And I don't, I don't know if I – I don't know if he's going to be my breakout. I think that a lot of people would have him as a breakout just because of how good that offense can be. But I don't really know if I like that offense going into next year. So my – Breakout is going to be uh, Fairburn. I don't, how do you say his first Fairburn name? or something. Kymie Fairburn. Yeah. I think. Anyways, I I think that I'm sorry Texans to the Fairburn is family. really going to take a step forward, especially if they sign one or two more weapons or draft someone to help out Deshaun Watson. I think that offense can really take off. And, of course, with offense comes good points for I'm sorry about any Fairburn family out there if I said your name wrong. <laughs> but um, Zane Gonzalez, I think. I, I like Zane Gonzalez a little more, though, because he's sort of – Cammy Fairburn, his production was good, and he was sort of undervalued coming into this year, I thought, but then he sort of, his production sort of fell off, and I don't really know if you can trust him as much. That was the rare, unpredictable moment of a kicker. Like, that didn't really make much sense to me, but mm-hmm. I think Zane Gonzalez could even take another step up if yeah. they had a new weapon. So I, I guess, know, where do you have Zane Gonzalez, Calvin? Seven. Same. And then, uh-huh. who do you have at number six? Matt Prater. Because of his, if, if there, if for leagues who give bonuses for long kicks, he hits a lot of those, and we're in one of those leagues, I think. Mm, I don't even have Matt Prater in my top twelve. Mm. Where do you have Robbie Gold? I have Robbie Gold at six. I have him at eight. So, okay. All right. Do you want to move on now? Yeah. Let's go to some XFL conversation. Ooh. And so we've had, as we we're recording this, we've had two Week Five games. The uh, the two Sunday games have not happened because we're recording this on Sunday uh, early afternoon before the 3 o'clock game and the 9 o'clock game. But yesterday, uh, as we record this, we had two XFL games, and the Houston Roughnecks beat the Seattle Dragons by 9, and the New York Guardians destroyed the Dallas Renegades 30-12. Uh, to 12. So that moved up, or I guess that – did that really change the standings? But the standings I have up, and um, the Roughnecks improved to 5-0, and 0, I guess. The Renegades, uh, they, uh, they dropped to 2-3. and 3. 
And or no, uh, two and two, I think. No, it was two, two and three, because they played their, their fifth, fifth game. And, and half the teams have played four, play four, and half the teams have oh. played five. Because we haven't had the Sunday games yet. So the Renegades are two and three, and the Roughnecks are the only undefeated team left. They beat the Dragons by nine, and the Dragons are now one and four. And Guardians are three and two, who beat the Renegades. So, Chris, any takes on the XFL? Like, what do you I mean, this isn't necessarily a take. If you've been following the XFL, you know that P.J. Walker has just been insane for the Roughnecks. I mean, he looks like he's kind of the Lamar Jackson of, uh, of, XFL. of XFL. I mean, because you had someone like Cardell Jones, who everyone expected to be the best, which is Patrick Mahomes. Cardell Jones is Patrick <laughs> Mahomes in this case. And he's still doing very well, Cardell Jones. But then mm-hmm. you just have someone like P.J. Walker that's just at another tier. But Cardiel Jones, over the past two games, yeah. for the D.C. Defenders, their home road splits have been ridiculous. The first two games, they were great, crazy, a 27 nothing shutout in the second week. Then they sort of went on the road, and then Cardiel Jones just sort of dropped off the map. Yeah, that entire team just decided, to, decided that they were on vacation, that they, shouldn't, <laughs> they, they, they don't have to play. They're on vacation. And now they're going to play the Battle Hawks, who are 3-1, and one, top of the XFL East division. So I think they're back at home, though. So do we think DC can recover their mojo, get to 3-2, and two, and maybe get a key win over a division leader? Yeah, this is going to be my upset for the XFL this week. I really – I think that just how good the defenders have been, I think I've, like, I've heard about them. I think they have a good mentality going back home, and they realize that they need to get back on track. So I think they're – I think that – that they'll pull off the upset. Yeah, and the, well, the thing about the XFL, though, is that there can be upsets. Like, the mm-hmm. 0-3 Tampa Bay Vipers beat the defenders last week, and then, like, the or the Roughnecks are really the one consistent team that we've had so far this yeah. year. But, the however, the Dragons, who were 1-3, challenged the 4-0, uh, now 5-0 Roughnecks in that game. So they still actually did pretty well, which mm-hmm. is a little bit surprising to me. This is what I really – this is why I've actually been enjoying the XFL. It's a nice little – something that's – it's it's nice to have a little spring football league that you can have a chat about. You can say, hey, have you seen the, how the D.C. Defenders have been doing? Have you seen how the Houston Roughnecks have been doing? Have you seen the home road splits, like you said, Calvin? I mean, there are a lot of interesting things going on, and, and it's really unpredictable, which makes it fun to watch. Yeah, and it's like it, it's so unpredictable that like next week I wouldn't be surprised if the three and one Battle Hawks lost to the one and three Vipers just because like that's how, that's a game next week. That's how they, that's how it can work. Like any team can upset any team at any time. And I, and I love how that St. Louis Battlehawks team, I mean, St. Louis hasn't had football since the St. Louis Rams, which is, I can't remember how many years ago that was changed. Just a but, few. But. Yeah, just a few. But I think they're really excited, and it gives them an opportunity to have a team to cheer for. And the other day, I just read an article from ESPN about just how, like, how how well the fans are adjusting to the Battlehawks games. And I read that, that uh, Battlehawks tickets are going for, like, 100 bucks, like, that's that's really good for a league that just started out and is in their fourth week. That's kind of crazy. I mean, but one of the things is the cheapness of the tickets. Like for most teams, the tickets are like mm-hmm. very cheap. Yeah, so that, that and it's like a day of football. How well you think the XFL is going to last? I mean, Vince McMahon, who started the league originally in 2000, didn't have that much money into it. But this year he's pledged $500 million into growing the XFL. I think it's Vince McMahon, actually, but I could be wrong. I- Wait, isn't that what I said? You said Vince Mc, McMahon. Oh, yeah. I, I'm sorry. I meant to say <laughs> that, That's Did okay. I, that? I, I think it's Vince McMahon, yeah, unless he says Vince it's a different McMahon. way just, than I most just, men. I guess I was just thinking uh, Mahomes. 
Sorry to all Vince McMahons out there who are like, that is actually how you say my name. Um, but now I think so. That's, do you want to wrap up now? I think that's it for this podcast. Um, thanks for tuning well, in. So before we go, actually, uh, do you want to talk about like where, where the podcast is heading? Oh yeah. So um, we submitted our podcast to Apple podcast and it's pending review. I'm so excited. So we'll give you that channel um, once we get there. And uh, if for now, you're probably finding this on our channel, but our one channel that we have, but anyway, if, on Podbean, if somehow you're not, it's secondgoalfantasy.podbean.com. Which mm-hmm. you probably are where you probably are right now. And and if you're listening to this and like I'd recommend downloading the app. It's a lot easier to find like the podcast and stuff. Yeah, the app's pretty cool. And uh, please give us a follow, maybe a nice comment. Mm-hmm. Um definitely download our podcast. Well, I guess you're doing that right now. And then, so thank you fu- for downloading. Mm-hmm. And then in the future we have a baseball preview coming up. That might be we might be recording that in like ten minutes. Or not ten minutes, but like we might be recording that in, well, it depends. in, depending on how long our research takes, it will, might be recording that today, or, I mean, it's possible we decide not to record it today and record it some other time. Yeah, we'll And see. we'll also have a March Madness uh, yeah, preview. And that up. is going to be a fun episode. I say, I think that'll probably be a longer one. So if you guys enjoy March Madness, you should definitely check it out. I know it's one of my favorite times in sports. Yeah, I think that'll be the day after this. That's one of those show, times hopefully. where we can totally forget fantasy and just go full in depth into the bracket and everything going on. Yeah, and if you hear our special edition podcast, our baseball or our March Madness, we have a new intro. There's a little teaser there for you. So thanks Ooh, for listening. Uh, thanks for downloading and listening. And uh, we will see you next time.